Hello and welcome to this review of the new James Bond movie, No Time to Die. I'm Josh. And I'm Jonah. So it's been six long years since Spectre, Jonah, since we saw a Bond film, or a new Bond film, that is. Um, I'm sure I've seen some since then, the old ones, of course, but uh, obviously we had, you know, the, the COVID that delayed the release by a year, I think. This gap actually relates to the gap between License to Kill, which was Dalton's last movie, and Pierce Brosnan's first movie, GoldenEye. Long wait, you know, and of course, Craig, you know, we thought last time he wasn't going to come back because he did that interview where he rather smashed his hand to a glass table or something than to play Bond again. <laughs> uh, so people were like, is he is he out? Is he in? What's going on? And of course, you know, he was aging and stuff and still looks great, though. Don't get me wrong. Still looks great. He doesn't look as bad as uh, Roger Moore did in A View to Kill. Um, he was really pushing it there. <laughs> so... But yeah, it, we finally got this movie. It finally came out after all this time. And yeah, it's Craig Swan's uh, swan song. And it was directed by Gary uh, Fukunawa, I believe. Not too familiar with his work. But yeah, I was, you know, I was anxious to have new blood. You know, we had um, Sam Mendes. He directed, oh, there it is. he directed Skyfall yeah. and Spectre. You know, if you turn your brain off, Spectre's not bad. But there's a lot of problems <laughs> with it. Uh, another show, perhaps. But... What was your feelings going into this film? And then, I guess, what was your feelings coming out? You know, non-spoiler, obviously, and then we'll get into spoiler territory. From the moment I saw the first, like, first started seeing the trailers of it, you know, back in, what, 20, 2018, 2019, yeah. whatever it was, I was I was stoked for the movie. I've I'm, I'm always been a, a Bond fan growing up. I love J and even you take the worst James Bond movies, I'll still sit down and watch them mm -hmm. through, which, again, it's weird why... I can't place my finger on why I haven't watched Spectre because <laughs> I've watched License to Kill numerous times or The Living Daylight numerous times. I mean, I've sat through uh, Tomorrow Never Dies yeah. multiple times, and I don't know why, but I, I can just sit down and watch a Bond movie typically. And anyway, regardless, I was excited for this one. The action sequences in the trailer uh, looked very cool. Um Especially considering, you know, like you said, this is a, you know, for a director I'm not familiar with, that if he's done more low key, less big budget type stuff, uh, I, I, this is pretty impressive as a big budget debut, if that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, uh, really excited about it. Even when, you know, kind of COVID killed everything off and they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back, my interest in it never waned. Um, and I was careful not to overhype it, I guess. Uh, and so coming out of it, uh, I was glad that I watched it. Uh, I, I, you know, it didn't disappoint. I wasn't unhappy with the end result. Um, you know, spoiler free, could they have shaved off like 20, 25 minutes? Sure. <laughs> uh, and I don't think that we would have lost anything because it was a long running movie. Mm -hmm. uh, it was. <laughs> before we started recording. So I wanted to go see this and my, my wife and son did not. And so they were going to go see a different movie. They went to see Venom, and I was going to go see this. And they their movie started like 10 minutes after mine. <laughs> and they had to wait on me for like an hour at the theater for that movie to get over. Yeah. Because it was like a two-and-a-half-hour movie versus their hour-and-a-half movie. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you think they, you easily could have shaved off some, some time. Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily picked out specific spots that I felt were bloated or, or even slow. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't feel like it was long, but I know it I know it was if you look at it, you know, from time timestamp yeah. perspective, but it yeah, it you know, and perhaps when I watch it again, uh whether it be in a theater or when I own it, I wonder if it will feel long at that time. Uh but it felt like it moved along pretty smoothly, and I was yeah, I was very excited, same boat as you. I was really hoping they weren't going to mess with it, mess with the film, you know, after it was made because they had all the time to, to, you know, screw things up. And I don't know if they tinkered with it or not. I'm not sure. But, you know, they had like a year to basically, um, you know, whatever they wanted to change to make it happen. And then, you know, it was the release dates kept getting pushed out, you know, and then canceled and so right. on and so on. And so, yeah, it was... Um, it was a long wait, that's for sure. But yeah, um, I was super. What? 
pumped to see it. What, um, and again, keeping it relatively spoiler free, but I know you kind of had messaged me about this even before I saw the movie. What was your take on his overall character's arc as far as his development as a character from Casino Royale to, you know, five films later uh, in this one? What was your take on that? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, I loved Casino Royale and I'll, I'll be honest. I was not a fan of Craig's casting. I was still like, like in Brosnan and I thought he got dealt pretty crappy, you know, set of cards with, you know, die another day. Cause I think he wanted to go out on a more serious note. So I had that. And then Craig just didn't look like a bond. You know, he, he looked like a red grant, you know, like a henchman that would go up against bond. So I was really against mm-hmm. it, you know? Um, but the minute I saw Casino Royale, I, I was in love with him as Bond. The whole new approach, like, I was down. I was so excited. And I was like, let's go. Let's keep this going. You know, this was in 06. I walked out of the theater kind of like, you know, Breakfast Club style, fists in the air. I was, I was excited. I was like, this is cool. I really like this. It was a well-crafted movie, I thought. Beautiful movie. And uh, Eva, Eva Green, Eva Green, however you say her, gorgeous. Like, you know, she's yeah. so... She's so freaking gorgeous that they they basically put her in every Bond film that he's been in. So, um, but yeah, then you get to Quantum, and I liked Quantum. I'm kind of a Quantum apologist. And then Skyfall, loved, but then kind of saw like a lot of flaws in it. So it was kind of like I don't know, you know, kind of a bad aftertaste. And then Spectre was just, I it was yeah, it was bloated, and it was just kind of like a watered down skyfall they just kind of flash you things uh i wasn't i was i was excited for them to build up quantum and i knew quantum was their version of specter because they couldn't use specter yet because of lawsuits and so i knew that was that was being built up and i was really excited about that and so when they you know skyfall came about and then that was like it seemed like a whole new story whole new villain right and then Spectre, they introduced Blofeld, which, you know, been wanting to see forever. And, of course, Christoph Waltz, great casting there. Very disappointed by that whole thing. The whole Dennis chair. What the hell was that? I don't even know. It's so weird. But And I just didn't like how they connected everything. I thought that was a real cheap shot. You know, it's like the world should be really big and it shouldn't all revolve around Bond because that's not how Bond was. He was, you know, a secret agent. Secret let's say, and not everyone who was evil in the world was related to him somehow, some way, you know? And I thought that was yeah. just kind of crappy what they did with that. And so going into this film, was, I knew they weren't going to course correct it much because it's his last film. Yeah, it was very reminiscent. Uh, you know, you talk about kind of everything revolving around Bond. It almost gave me like a Peter Parker vibe where like all of his villains are like teachers or people that are close to which, again, yeah, I agree. It's not a, a super good fit for for Bond. Uh, I I loved Casino Royale. And I don't know if you ever saw the original Casino Royale. I didn't. Don't. Uh, <laughs> I love... I, it was more of a spoof than anything else. Right, that's what I've heard. Anyway, I, I loved Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace really kind of suffered from that middle chapter syndrome. Yes. Uh, where it was just kind of there, but it was... One, it was, like, forgettable. I couldn't even tell you who he was fighting at that point right. and what the mission even was. Um, I liked Skyfall. I thought there was some things that – some missed opportunities with it. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. But overall, overall, I really enjoyed the movie itself, uh, especially, um, you know, Judy Dench as M. I, I was – you know, I, I loved her as M. Yes. And I was sad to see her go. But, it you know – it made sense, and that, and that being said, I didn't mind um, Ray Fiennes' uh, Mallory or the new M. Right. Yeah, I think he's a good cast. The one thing, one thing that stuck with me as I was thinking about all of these movies and his and Bond himself through all of these movies is he he really lost his. And I don't mean this. I guess I do mean it as a slight, but it it may sound strange. He lost his cool. Like, at some point, he yeah. became uncool. Yep. He was no longer the cool super spy. There was even a point in um, in this movie 
where he goes in and uh, says his name to the guy. Uh, you know, the guy asks asks him a name, and he says, uh, you know, Bond, James Bond. But he said it, and there was like there was no swagger, there was no confidence in it. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. Right, right, yeah. No, I I get that. His his Bond from the beginning has been like, uh, you know, I. I'm going to blow my cover. You know, he had aliases and he didn't use them. And I kind of wish they would have done that. You know, I get that him starting out, you know, he's like, I'm ready to take on the world and stuff. But yeah, he like every movie he quits MI6 and that's not Bond. You know, it's uh, that's a quitter. <laughs> yeah, it's just and he's just mopey, you know, but still great qualities. I think Craig did a great job. I just think they should have try to recapture that Casino Royale vibe constantly instead of going to such a character study, you know, Casino Royale was, was okay to do a little character study because that was his first outing. You know, he's growing as an agent, but by the time you get to the next one, and that's the other thing, Quantum was a direct sequel, which had never really been done before. So that was a big change. And I was and it suffered a writer's strike. So like Craig was even writing some of the scenes just to finish the film. So, yeah, it just had a lot going against it, but I still dug a lot of the um, the, the visuals in it, you know, like the tech they used with the tables. I don't know if you've remembered, they put like uh, money down and on a table and it would scan it and it would go all over the place and they'd be able to tell where that money was. Like, it was really cool. I really loved the tech in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And of course, Q's introduction in Skyfall, that was great. Like, there's there's lots of moments in Craig's films that are fantastic, you know. And I told you this, like, you could still use Casino Royale if you wanted to canonize Bond again. You know, we've already been there, so you could still use that as an origin and then just move forward. Like, personally, I would go redo the books because some of those books weren't done exact. They were, you know, the titles were used and maybe a few things. But, you know, you could have an opportunity now to actually use more of the books, maybe. And, you know, probably have to change things because of times and stuff. But... You know they're dated as well, but but yeah, going into this film, I, I you know I was I was not expecting like yeah I'm gonna have a fun bond again and da 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 it's same old mopey Craig, uh you know but I I dug it for what it was I know it was his this was like a first uh, attempt at really it was kind of like a what if you know uh, Bond yeah and maybe you said yeah. that first a what if because it kind of is it's like well what if we really like the Joker, what if we really analyzed Bond, pull, you know, took him apart to see what his inner workings and stuff and really get into things and make everything connected to him? Like everything's everything revolves around him. It's like he's the core. And that's interesting. But, yeah, that's not overall the Bond I want at the end of the day. But I appreciate us going there at least. You, you know, we went there to kind of appreciate what we had before and I think you could definitely take a lot of aspects of his films and apply it to future Bond films, you know, that are more just, you know, every movie's a, a new adventure, you know, new stakes, new girl, like all that stuff. Like, I'm I'm for that. And then, yeah, you can connect things like Felix Leiter can come back here and there, you know, like he did in Craig's, but, you know, have more to do. And I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go into spoilers yet, but I mean we're pretty much getting there. But overall, uh, say, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, can, we can talk more about that with spoilers because I love Felix Leiter as a character. Oh, I do, I do uh, too. Yeah, and I, I love Jeffrey Wright's take on him. I, I really do. But yeah, I mean, just like yeah. you, I think came out of the film saying to myself like that. That's a good film. That was a good movie. And yeah, it's not exactly everything I wanted, but I appreciate for what it is, and I know. This is like a first, you know, of what, you know, they did a lot of firsts with Craig and gave him a lot of freedom to make decisions. He's basically the first Bond, I think, while being Bond was a bigger star, you know, like they had to depend on his schedule. So that's definitely something I want in the future is kind of an unknown so they can they can go for it. You know, they can give us all these movies and then not have so much lag time. So we kind of like, you know, do we really need Bond still, you know, really, you know, go into like. How are they going to top it? You know, how are they going to bring him back? Uh, and then he looks older, you know, because, yeah, if the, if the actor's big, you're going to have, you know, like a lot of people want Henry Cavill, which I think would be great, but kind of already done that in The Man from Uncle, but maybe they'll go for it. I don't know. But he's a big actor. And so I don't want to wait, you know, four years yeah, in between a Bond movie. A man from Uncle, give me a Man from Uncle sequel. Yeah, uh, I'd rather, let's do that. I'd rather have a Man from Uncle 
Planet for Monkey sequel with with he and Army Hammer because I love that fucking movie. That movie was so good. Oh, it was great, and it would be cool to put Bond back in the '60s. But of course, that would be a huge budget, you know, every film and stuff. But it would be really cool not to have so much tech now that solves all the you know mysteries that uh, we used to have to really think about and you know uh, detect and all that. But yeah. Yeah, it, a lot of people have asked that. Like, should Bond go back to the 60s? Like, maybe another what if would be kind of cool. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What um, What did you think of uh, uh, Lashana Lynch, I think is, is her name, as uh, as Nomi? Well, yeah, and it's it's not a huge spoiler. Um, I At first, I didn't know what to think of the whole she's the new 007. That gives it away in trailers, so there's no spoilers there. I will say I was very pleased with the how they handled her. I thought it was going to go another route and um, it didn't. And I, yeah. I thought they complimented each other very well. You know, I didn't, I didn't mind it. So yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it. I, I was a little worried that, yeah. that it, I was a little worried that they were maybe going to put Craig in the backseat for his last movie a little bit right? And, and focus more on her. And that wasn't the case. So I liked that. And I also love the bits too, where when um, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but when, you know, when Bond comes out of retirement and, uh, and she's like, and she's like, what? She's like, what's his designation? She's like, what's his number? And she's all concerned about losing her 007. Yeah. Number. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not a spoiler. I mean, yeah, I think you, that would be a, a natural thing. Like that would happen. I think it's a clever thing. You know, he retired. So, you know, she's not, you know, Jane Bond, she's 007, which, yeah, they're going to give those out. They, you know, they can only go up to nine, right? I mean, it's going to sound stupid after that, 0010, you know, and maybe they'll go there. I don't know, yeah, but I dug it. I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was kind of a clever thing, and I, I didn't mind her at all, really. Um, and I will say, I, some of me would kind of like to see further adventures of her as 007. I think that's kind of cool, but that's more of a what if, you know, I still want Bond, you yeah. know, I still want Bond, but it is a cool tease to like what could be, you know, or spin off. But I don't think they'll do that because the whole Craig era thing is tied to it. But yet they, yet again, they did bring over Judy Dench from Brosnan. So I do think they could use some of this cast again. And it won't be so weird because we've kind of already been there, you know? It's just, you take the greats from the previous films. But, yeah, um, overall, thought it was a good film. Definitely worth seeing in the theater, I think. I saw it in IMAX, loved it. It really amped everything up. Like, it's the movie's beautifully made, I think. It's visually stunning. And Hans Zimmer scored it. So, you know, all that's, like, awesome sauce to me. But, yeah, um, yeah, I think we're in the same boat. We yeah, pretty the, much the liked it for what it was. Yeah, the action sequences were really well done, I thought. Yes. Uh, the like especially like the whole opening scene was just, and a lot of that you see in the trailer, but it was just awesome. Oh, it was. Uh, yeah. The whole opening scene was was very cool. Um and I really, you know, I, I do have to mention even before we get into spoilers, but uh uh Rami Malek has uh uh, was it, is it Saf Am I saying it right? Saffron? Yeah, Saffron or Saffron. I don't know. <laughs> Saffron? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he is such a good actor. I, lo I love him in everything that he's done. Even going back to like, his role in the, the HBO show, The Pacific, because he's so good at that towing that line between being charming and just absolutely creepy all the time. Yes, yes. Yes, and shout out, he was just on SNL, and they, they definitely made fun of that aspect of him. It was pretty cool. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Did they? All right. I haven't watched Yeah, you should. You should check it out. Yeah, they, they had fun with it. But, yeah, dude, yeah. I mean, that whole – it's not a spoiler. You see him with that Japanese theater mask in the in the previews, and it's freaking creepy. I mean, it really is. It's – um, yeah, I oh, guess yeah. – Guess we'll have to get into some spoilers here, but anyway, before we do that, everyone listening, please uh, pause this, come back, uh, definitely go see the film. It's fantastic, I think. For what it is, it's fantastic, and I know that kind of doesn't make sense, but it's just like I I accept what the Craig era is, you know. I accept what they're doing, but going forward, I'm done. I I don't want any more of this. I think we've we've had our fun, right? I that's what I think. Yeah. I think it's a perfect time to to hold. To, and they do it all the time. I, I mean, I never looked at the Bond movies as a singular franchise. Anyway, I think each one had its own 
sort of it had its own run. I mean, you had like the Sean Connery run, you had the Roger Moore run. Yeah, none of them were necessarily connected. I mean, there were some overarching uh, bits here and there, like you know, characters like Jaws as an example. Uh, sure, but but for the most part, you know, each was its own thing. Uh, even the you know Timothy Dalton and uh, the Pierce Brosnan era. You know, Pierce Brosnan era. I still love it. You know, GoldenEye was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, then you get into like, like you said, um, you know, the last, the last one with, uh, Denise Richards is Merry Christmas and she's a nuclear physicist. Right. Um, that's when I learned there was no God, but <laughs> the movies, you know, I never looked at them as like, okay, so it's the same James Bond or it's the same character. To me, it's always been something different anyway. Yeah. And so I think it's very easy in the you know the public conscious to re to hit the reset button and in a couple of years you've got a new James Bond you don't call you don't ne- you don't have to call back to anything before it you can still have you know you can still have the same Q and the same M if you want it and I don't think it's going to necessarily confuse anybody I think people will still accept it as what it is right because that's how it's been since that's how it's been since Doctor No in the, you know in the sixties right yeah what I what I'm yeah. What I like to aim for is is to – I want a linear storyline with the books, you know, how they were. But yeah. I don't mind recasting, but I don't want to address it, if you know what I mean. Like, just keep it going. Like, I'm totally fine with them recasting here and there. They, they have to. I mean, Felix Leiter was played by several different actors until, like yeah. – um, oh, I can't remember the guy who played him um, the most before Jeffrey Wright, but he played him twice – and then Jeffrey Wright, of course, three times, so he's he's the lead now. But yeah, I I think it's cool to maybe recast. But yeah, you could totally refer to the, like you know you could take it like this Bond experience the same things, or like you said, just a one off. It can be up in the air. Like every every movie is its own thing, you know, and you can explore this or or leave it or something new, new twist with it. There's several things they can they can do in the end. But yeah, um, yeah with with that said. We're going to get into spoilers now, so go see the film. Come on back. Listen to some spoiler talk. Um, I'm really excited about this. So where do you want to start, Jonah, with spoilers? Uh, well, let's just, I guess let's just start with the beginning okay. uh, and, and kind of take it as linearly as, as possible. I know we'll, we'll jump around a little bit. Oh, of course. But we can just start with the beginning. Uh, uh, the uh, again, I loved the opening sequence. Uh, the action was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the whole bit with uh, kind of going past that, uh, or I guess before we even get to, to Bond, that sequence with the the little girl and her mother was yeah. uh, almost like scary, uh, for lack of a better term. Like, yes. Like him coming into the house was Oof. almost like scary to me. Yeah. Uh, and that was very cool. And then, you know, she, yeah, she slips in the water and I didn't see him uh, saving her, but but then he did. And then at, I immediately knew that that was the same character when we cut to her as an adult. Right. Uh, even though there wasn't a lot telling me that otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. It was young, young Madeline. Yeah, that that yeah. opening sequence was, yeah, Madeline. That opening sequence was really good. And I, and I really liked that character, Madeline, too. Um, yeah. I thought that she was, uh, I thought she was a great character. Uh, he, it, she was the kind of character where, you know, I talk about Bond losing his cool or losing his swagger, but if there's going to be someone that Bond is going to fall in love with, I can see it being somebody like her. Um, cause she's got those, she's got the beauty. She's got the grace. She's mm-hmm. got those qualities. Um, so I, I bought into it. I was like, I may not have liked it necessarily, but I totally bought into it. Yeah. I liked her a lot more in this film. It was kind of hard to believe in the last one. They, they formed this, this love, you know, in such a short period of time. So that was kind of a stretch, but forgetting that yeah. and going into this story, like it's pretty much, I think picks up, you know, aside from the flashback, it picks up right where Spectre left off They're They're basically, and so, and that was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Because I don't remember her from spec. I don't remember her in the movie. I don't know if I even had gone to that part, but she's in, is she, she is inspector, right? Yes. Yep. She is. Okay. All right. Yep. They're after her. Is that somebody that he falls in love with, uh, Inspector, or does that kind of happen between movies? No, it's it's it happens Inspector, but it's such, it's such a short period okay. of time, you know, and it's uh, so it's Mr. White's daughter. He goes to protect her from Spectre, 
And, you know, yep. she's kind of a damsel in distress, even though she knows how to handle herself. You know, there's a scene inspector. Right. Actually, there's a scene inspector on the train where he's trying to show her how to uh, load a weapon and all that, work a weapon. And she just, like, grabs it and just is a master at it. And he's just like, okay, I don't have to teach you anything. And then she right. she actually refers to this flashback inspector. Obviously, this No Time to Die sequence was a lot a little different in spots, but she basically said a man came to their house when she was young and she knew where the gun was. And so that's okay. what the scene is. I minute this began and maybe from the trailers, I could kind of tell, but I was like, this is cool. I like to see this scene come to life. You know, she didn't of course mention her mom dying inspector. Um, and there's a, there's a, a quip between bond and Mr. White. I think Bond was like, you're trying to protect somebody, your wife. And he's like, oh, she left long ago. So either he remarried and she left or in a way, the mom being killed is leaving a long time ago. So it doesn't really screw up that telling. But again, it's a different film. But yeah, that was really cool of this to see this scene. And yeah, uh, Safin is really. Yeah, it's like a whole other movie. This the sequence. Yeah, you you bring up a really good a really good point of this movie that for if there is if there's people out there that haven't seen Spectre or like me haven't finished it yeah um, you don't need to have necessarily seen it no understand this movie and appreciate this movie because I mean, what you're saying it sounds like this movie calls back to a lot of that or rather Spectre calls forward to a lot of this that we see here mm-hmm. um, and it could have been really easy for them to make a misstep. And be like, okay, well, if you haven't seen Spectre, you're going to be lost. Right. Uh, but that wasn't the case at all. Uh, and so I think that that's, again, kudos to the creative team behind this movie. And now I actually will probably want to go see Spectre even more, sit through it, and probably even have a greater appreciation for it after the fact. Yeah. After having seen this one. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's something like maybe a lot of people who've seen Spectre won't pick up first viewing. But I did because I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is it. And... She yeah. even refers to the gun being by the bleach under the sink in Spectre, and that's what okay. we see. There's actually a shot of her underneath the sink, and that cutaway shot of her, like, later on when he's in the house, she's up t- up in a room or whatever. Then they, they show it, they cut mm-hmm. back to the kitchen sink, and the gun's missing. Like, that was a cool little nod there. And, yeah, it was kind of like a Jason yep. movie, wasn't it? Like, when he got shot, and he just fell, and then he, he was fine. <laughs> Like when he woke yeah, up, it was very, creepy, yeah, very, man. Very much was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mask this is happening. Yeah, and it's a great, great opening scene, and this is like the longest opening for a Bond film before the credits, because you you have this flashback, and then you go to the present, or you know, 2015 when Spectre was out, when they're together and all that. I do want to back up just a little bit. The gun barrel sequence, I don't think there was any blood in it. I didn't notice. But I did love the gun barrel because for the first time, I think, I could be wrong, it actually reflected where they were, the location. So it reflected the snow and everything, you know, within the the gun barrel. It was really a cool touch, I thought. I really dug it. And then, you know, and then we're there. I really thought that was a cool touch. Um, But, yeah, I think some people were like, there's no blood. It's like, I don't, I didn't even notice. So it was fine. (laughs) I liked it. It was a new, new way to introduce the, the scene, you know? Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice one way or another that there wasn't um, anything. And and as far as opening sequences go, I, you know, I'm probably, I can't, like, I don't think how to say this because it's not that I hate this person, but I am not a Billie Eilish fan. Same. And I actually didn't even mind the opening song. So. I liked it. It just it was kind of mopey, you know? Like you kind of yeah. want to kind of want to but for Craig's Bond again backing up, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, Craig, yeah, Craig's Bond uh you know, and again, I'm not going to jump try to jump too far ahead, but you know, yeah, he was mopey, he was emotional. Yeah. There was times where even yeah. as an actor, like you could just tell he was so done being Bond. It was seeping through onto the screen. Yeah. Where it's not like I didn't get like the sense that he was bored necessarily like I did watching, say, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, that Brie Larson and that I was like, man, she's like bored. She just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> I didn't get that sense from it. But, but, but you could just see in his face. He's like, I'm just he's like, I'm just 
so fucking done with this. I just want to be done. <laughs> and like by the, like at the very end, you can even see on his face or like there's like this sense of relief. <laughs> He's like, I'm free. <laughs> It's like, kill me and make it stick. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Send yeah. all the missiles you got. I want him obliterated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I still not as bad as Connery when Connery gave up uh, after Goldfinger, I think. He just phoned it in afterwards, kind of. He just was like, I'm out, like big time, you know, couldn't care less. Right. I mean, Diamonds are forever. He was even like fatter and <laughs> he. Dude, he aged so much between the first Bond and the... And it was only like 10 years. He looked so much older. It was crazy, well, but... Well, and, and keep in mind, too, he came back in the 80s for uh, Never Say Never. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Never Say Never Again or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, which was like a, a retelling of Thunderball. Uh, yeah. That's like a long continuity yeah. story, but... Yes. Uh, who's to say Craig won't come back and... <laughs> if they want to do an aging Bond, I guess. I'm Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that was, um, since we're in spoilers, I mean, we can go out of order a little bit, you know, when they, when they yeah. finally killed him at the end. I, first off, did you think he was going to die? Um, no, actually I did not. Um, I did not until he, uh, until the door, until he had to go back to reopen the doors and I was like, oh, I, I, <laughs> uh, but even then I still thought. I, you know, we were talking about it before we recorded. I still thought they were going to do that whole Christian Bale yep. Batman thing where yeah. there's the explosion and then there's some sort of after, and maybe there is an after scene that I missed, but there's some sort of after scene where you get that glimmer of hope. Like, is he dead? Is he alive? Did he right. make it out of there? Yeah. Right. But, uh, but no, I mean, the way that they filmed it, like, I mean, either like him, like right to those missiles hitting and like, you're like, all right, yeah, he's, you don't see his body like you know explode necessarily, but yeah, might as well have it. Um, right. I'm surprised he didn't yeah, just would, I, eat a missile. I didn't see it coming uh, necessarily, and it's, especially like considering the fact that you know these revelations where you know his the love of his life didn't betray him. Oh, and spoiler, he's got a daughter. Yes. Um, yeah. That I uh, I was like, oh, the mother, the guy's got something to live for now, and then he died. Yeah, um, Math Mathildy, I think that's her name. I think, yeah. Which I think there was already a rumor about that. That that I didn't know about that. Well, at least suspected that was gonna come up. And yeah, for Bonds or for Craig's Bond, it's fine. It's fine. He has a daughter. It's kind of cool, you know. Um, a lot of cool things, cool you know, factors and, about this. What if, you know? Yeah, and the way I see it, you know, realistically speaking, as much. Hype as Bond lays in all of the movies, there's no way he doesn't have more kids running around. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a spinoff right there. The spawn of Bond or something like that. Yeah. Yes. All these assholes out there children. just. <laughs> Give me all of the Bond children recruited by MI6 yep. and raised up to be new little Bonds. <laughs> uh, you can have little Jenny Bonds and, uh, and little Jimmy Bond Juniors. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I know there was a James Bond Jr., but that was his nephew, which is weird that he was James Bond Jr. <laughs> right. and he was the nephew. But anyway. Yep. <laughs> Probably wasn't yeah, even blood. A, for those who don't know, that's a cartoon I'm referencing, not a yep. movie. Yep, which I did like back in the day. I didn't I didn't follow it a lot because I, you know, always missed when it was on. But, yeah, I dug it. I was like, oh, cool, James Bond Jr. Yeah, sweet. And, yeah, yeah it was – I haven't seen it forever, but – yeah, yeah, you make a good point. He's got he's got a lot of kids out there already. Come on. Although after Casino yeah, Royale, you think uh, he'd have nothing left, you know, to give um, <laughs> to father a kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, he he was probably sterile at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Nanobots he died when he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that chase sequence they had in the jungle was intense. That was really crazy man uh you know and you felt uh, it was definitely more uh vulnerable for bond because he had yeah he essentially had a wife and child with him you know yeah that uh that whole scene was really cool um i love that range rovers are always driven by the bad guys uh <laughs> they have a contract and what was bond driving like like an old land cruiser or something like that uh, yeah i think was, so that was some great stuff yeah yeah, that was that was a hell of a scene, and yeah, of course, uh, 
Of course, they get captured. Uh, well, he doesn't. He voids it. But what did you think of Ash as a bad guy? Because he kind of buys it in that scene. Yeah. Um, he was dude. that character. Like there's something about him that just irritated me to where I was like, he never even after he was revealed or betrayed them. I was like, this guy's not a threat. He's just a, he's a fucking moron. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he's a fanboy. He, that's what he that's how he was introduced. He's a fanboy. And man, uh, Felix can't get any good CIA partners to save his life. You know, uh, he had um, what's his face in uh, Quantum, who was really no good. He got his yep. job, I guess, but played by David Arbor before people knew who he was. Big mustache in that film. Um, twirling might as well uh, have been. Uh, but yeah, Ash. Yeah, uh, when they when they met at the um, what the hell was it? Was it wasn't a god in the middle of the ocean what what was that it was a uh... it was like some sort of freighter okay um it was like a boat really cool though like you felt like you were there like it was kind of claustrophobic mm-hmm. sort of and then the lighting like everything about that was really impactful and yeah i could sense well especially when he's starting to tell bond to shut up or tell the scientists like don't answer that like oh shit double cross yeah. you know something like that and right then, yeah then i was like and i yeah. uh I was I was more sad when Felix died than I yeah. was when Bond, when Bond did. Right, right. I've always liked uh, that character, and like you said, I love the way that uh, uh, Jeff, is Jeffrey Wright. Right? Yep. Am I saying that right? Yep. I love like his portrayal as as Felix. I mean, just his intro in Casino Royale. He's just so cool. He's so cool, and he does such a good job with that role. Yeah. And, you know, you craved it more, and you got it in Quantum, yep. and then they referred to him in Spectre. Never saw him, and then he was back, and I was just kind of thinking, like, how come he never wears a suit after Casino Royale? He's like, he's always like looking like he's in a shitty hotel or motel, like he was in Quantum. <laughs> they like they just, it's like they just, you know, pulled him out of that hotel because he's yeah, he's so dressed down and he's smoking a cigar all the time and stuff. But I think, uh, and I think that's purposeful to dress him down. Could uh, yeah, so he blends in, of course, as a as a counter to Bond always being dressed up, which. True. You know, that's a I good point. I don't want to turn this into a like a, a fashion podcast by any means, <laughs> but this was like it was jarring how casual Bond was in this movie. Yeah, and I get it. You're retired. Yeah, but you're still Bond. Like right. The like seeing Bond in jeans is. <laughs> oh, a trench coat to too. He had a trench coat. Yeah, or kind of like a and trench I coat. I've, I know, like some Bonds have worn jeans before. At least I think. I don't think he's the the first, but. God, uh, I don't it's, know. It's always strange to me to see Bond wearing denim. It's Craig. He's got to be the first. <laughs> it could be. It could be. It's always the first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I dig this style. Um, yeah, that, that trench coat was cool, but it was weird scene. It was like he was a different character when he had it on, you know? It was like, is yeah. this the same movie? What's going on? But, yep. yeah, um, I, I dug that whole, you know, obtaining the scientist, uh, the specter, birthday party uh the nanobots which is a crazy concept but it's so relevant to what we go through now with the whole covid virus you know like all that stuff was like outbreak level suspenseful you know kind of like yeah oh shit this is a lab and you know they gotta be really careful how they handle this thing and it really kind of seemed felt like the rock a little bit you know how the rock had the the blue liquid ball crap and you know in this one it's like yeah it kind of had that feeling uh with it uh but yeah the whole nano thing was a big big weapon weaponry com uh, uh idea and the fact that uh, it, the whole all Spectre got taken out was hilarious. And uh, <laughs> Bond's like, yeah, what that happened? Part was, <laughs> that part was great because we were as confused as Bond. Yeah, um, yeah. I was like, what's so going I on? That was done because, yeah, that happened. I was like, all right, wait, what? Who? Yeah. What is going on right now? And so I'm glad I was. I'm glad he was as confused as me. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't just like me not being able to follow the story. I was like, man, did I miss something? But. No, I didn't, because he was trying to piece it, get, piece it together, too. So, And let's talk about the CIA agent he, he fought with, um, uh, who's played by um, Ana de Armas, who's fantastic oh, actress. The, the girl in Cuba? Yes. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, her, her her cameo was far too brief. Yeah. And it made you want, want more. It's like everyone's calling for her to have her own movie. <laughs> I loved her cameo. I thought it was great. Like, she... 
pretty much made the film in many ways, you could say. Yeah, she uh, yeah she was really good, and I liked Nomi. I think, I thought she was a really good addition to the cast. Like I said in the in the non spoilery stuff, I I loved how like you know she's like how the 007 is just a number, but then she's like concerned when she doesn't know who, which one's 007 anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was uh, she was very cool, and and I liked too that she it would have been so easy for the the filmmakers to have her overshadow bond yes and they didn't and i'm really glad that they didn't because it would have been it was one of those yeah it would have been too easy and it would have pissed me off yes yeah uh, i don't like how they handled him in like skyfall like he's an old dog and it's like what the hell are you talking about we just had casino royale he's he's in his prime what are we, what are we talking yeah. about here he's not stupid you know and or you know, or I was afraid they would be like, "Oh, he's a man," you know, uh, women rule. Which you know, uh, they did it right. Let's say she was yep. she was a kick ass character, great role model for you know females and even males. I mean, she was she was great, and I, I I I dug everything she brought to the table. It was not as bad as people were like claiming no, or fearing. I, like they really complemented each other very well. I thought. Very well. Right, agreed. Uh, as an aside, now that now that Bond is is dead, I want to know. I want to find all of these storage units around London where he hides Aston Martin. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! He, is, he has an endless supply That's, of vintage Aston Martins. That was Dalton's Aston Martin. That's the model he yep. drove in Living Daylights, yep. and I love that yep. model. It looks like a Mustang too. It's. Um, Really cool, yeah. I really yeah, loved was, when he was driving. I think that ahead. was well, that, I think that was like an '80s one, but you, you can kind of see that '80sness of it. But yeah, that was such a sweet car. Yeah, I wanted to see it in action more, but I, hey, still appreciate him driving it. it. Was it was really, it was really cool to see it again. And uh, and you know, Madeline's driving it at the end with his daughter. And uh, yeah, uh, yep. another thing, this movie really is a huge homage to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. They you know, they Bond says the the saying from that film. We have all the time in the world at the beginning, and then they, of course, play the Louis Armstrong song. We have all the time in the world at the end when she's. It was a sweet line. I thought she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about uh, a man named James Bond or something like that. I can't remember, but yep. I thought that was a nice, and, sweet um, note to go out it on. It was nice, and it. The funny thing about that, because I caught that too, is. Honor Majesty's Secret Service. When I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I didn't really understand it, I hated that movie. Yep, same, it. same. Because I was like Bond. I was like Bond wouldn't get married. He wouldn't cry when his <laughs> wife gets shot. Yeah, like I hated it. But yeah. as an adult, I have like a much better appreciation for that movie as a whole. And really, George Lazenby was really underrated as Bond. Oh, for sure. Uh, I thought he in did my great. Opinion, because that dude was like super physical. Yes, uh, more so than Roger Moore and Sean Connery were. Oh, for sure. And, uh, he was a brawler in real life. Yeah, yeah. He was like a boxer. Yeah, um, he's a model. So he, I, uh, <laughs> I wanted even like you know more George Lazenby after as an adult. I'm like, man, this guy was like, he was a good Bond. You got to like, you got the raw deal. Well, he could have, he could have kept going, man. But he got into the hippie movement, and he didn't want to shave his beard or cut his hair short, and he didn't want to be a a snob or whatever portray a snob like bond kind of. And so basically yeah. that's, it was, he was under a direction of some guru here's deal, guy. Here's the, here's the deal. You son of a bitch. You're an actor. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to act. Right. I don't care if you're a hippie in real life, but act like a badass. Yeah. Just dude. Yeah. What the hell? And he got tons of chicks. Like he conned himself <laughs> into getting that part. I don't know if he knew that or saw the documentaries, but he lied his no. ass off to get that part. He claimed all these things like he's worked with these people and that he totally lied his ass off and got the part. Like he's like, I, he's like, I just wanted to be bond. I, I saw the movie. I wanted to be bond. I wanted the girls. And, uh, yeah, that movie, I remember, in, um, that's funny. I remember getting to know the bond franchise as a kid. And my dad introduced me to Roger Moore. That was the first bond. And then Connery, would see images, but not the film. And then I remember in a video store, I'm like, who's this? I mean, at the time I was like, who's this goofy looking guy? <laughs> this is bond. Like I actually <laughs> thought he was the first bond, you know, before they got the cool Connery, but looking mm-hmm. back, like, no dude was handsome. And he was a model of course. And he really knew how to pose with the suits and there's some great imagery. And that film is underrated. When I finally 
had enough money to buy the box sets back in, you know, when the DVDs were, you know, the, the thing to get. Uh, yeah, I gave that movie a try for the first time. In fact, I, I remember they did a marathon on TV and that was the next movie. I was like, I'll, I watched the first five and I saw the sequence and I'm like, this is not half, half bad at all. This is pretty damn good, actually. No. Yeah, and it, it was, was late, so I couldn't it see was it all. Super underrated. Yeah, it was. It was definitely underrated. And so much so, I mean, it's getting its due now. They really pay a lot of respect to um, that that movie. And yeah, I and it's very similar in a way because Bond marries in that film, loses his wife. So it's kind of yep. similar there. Um, but yeah, very sweet and touching, uh, backing up to when Bond was going or when Bond died, I can't say was cause they didn't, they didn't cut away. Damn it. I really thought they were going to pull okay. a bail and you know, it just up, it's up to the audience if he's dead, you know, but I, did yeah. you, did you think when you got the stuffed animal, did you think of bad Santa at all at the end, you know, bad Santa? <laughs> no. I was like, this is bad Santa. Like he's trying to get the stuffed no, animal you know to his kid. Me of? Yeah. It reminded me of the rabbit from, like, the bunny rabbit from Con Air. Yes. Oh, that's a great, great point. Yes. That John I didn't even think. held hostage. Yeah. And <laughs> something was in my head, like, this has been done other times. And I, I can only remember Bad Santa. I'm like, yeah, you know shit. Uh, put the bunny down. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's what it reminded me she of. She never got the stuffed animal, uh, damn it. No, <laughs> the, yeah, no the stuffed animal was completely eviscerated. So. Well, I wanted him to freaking get into that cool glider sub they took down there, which was awesome. I mean, you know, as a toy nut you are, and I am too, but you're, you know, you're up there more. I would love to own something like that. I don't know. What did you think about that cool damn gadget? Like it did oh, everything. the glider? Yeah, and it was a sub. Yeah, that glider was, that glider was pretty sweet. Um, one thing, so kind of with that whole sequence, and I'm no nanobot expert. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe someone out there smarter than me can correct me, but nanobots are just Autobots. Robots. <laughs> right? They're robots, right? Right. So not missed. Wouldn't they be wouldn't they be affected by an EMP pulse that he had on his wristwatch? Oh my like, god. He have EMP pulsed his own face and like killed him off or something. Like I don't like someone needs to explain that to me. Why nanobots these ones specifically were completely isolated from any, uh, from, uh, you know, reactions to electromagnetic, magnetic pulses. Oh my God. That's a great point. Cause I actually saw that happening. I saw where like Q at one point was going to be like, Oh, Hey, James Bond. Uh, these are nanobots. They're robots. They're electrical. So that was the exact line too. Good to go. Hey, James Bond, come here. <laughs> yeah. So I totally like saw him like using his watch. Well, yeah. He you took know, it, when he mentioned it, about the EMP thing, and, yeah. and like he, they called to it like so specifically. I was like, "Huh, um, maybe they'll use that against the nanobots that were already on him when he touched Blofeld." Yeah, they could have cured uh, him, man. No, they that, really uh, could have. That didn't happen. Yeah, they, they, they it was like because he couldn't touch the his loved ones again, right? Like he wasn't going right. to die, except yep. maybe from his gunshot wounds. But he wasn't going to yeah, die. He took a couple of bad shots there. That one on the side looked pretty bad. I was afraid um, though. Uh, yeah, that was true. Like he really got him. Yeah, good there. But I was afraid he was going to say the, the name of the movie yep. when uh, the missiles were coming down. <laughs> I've got no time to die. Like no, don't say it. Don't right. say it. Don't say it. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So yeah, if anyone out there who listens to this and is much smarter than me, I know there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, explain that to me why we didn't just use the EMP on his watch to destroy the nanobots, and then he could have like gotten the hell out of there as opposed to staying behind. I guess if maybe they're organic, but he did take that one dude out with the eyeball, which was awesome. You know that whole that yeah. whole henchman was kind of yeah, like a Jaws I did like the, classic uh, henchman. Yeah, I did like that dude. That exploding. was cool, and I love the whole idea of Blofeld's eye. <laughs> Blofeld's eye. That's so creepy. Well, here's what I want to know: Who didn't check his eye that whole time, and who didn't listen to his conversations to himself? Like, wouldn't they have picked up on anything he was doing? So I mean, yeah, I mean, they called to the fact that he was like basically like mumbling to himself the entire time in the cell like a madman. Yeah. Never putting the, never putting it together. That he was actually communicating with people on the outside. Yeah. Like, let's let's listen to this recording, like slow it down. <laughs> you bring it up, whatever. Yeah. I thought that was a great uh, Wi-Fi connection, by the way, you know, um, to go across <laughs> right. the world. Like, damn. Yeah. Like that, that whole scene was tense when he was coming in and. 
I actually missed the part where Safin and Madeline reunite. And so I came back after that all happened. So I didn't really understand uh, why she didn't want to do this. And I was like, what's she talking about? She doesn't want to see Blofeld. I didn't realize she was infected. And then Bond grabbed her and he got infected. And then that's how he killed Blofeld, which I kind of thought that was silly way to kill Blofeld. Like, really? Blofeld's dead? Like, (laughs) yeah, he and I again, I hadn't seen Spectre. So. I'm yeah. assuming he was the big, the big bad guy of that movie. Yeah. And in this one, he was basically, it was almost like, remember in uh, uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation when uh, they blow up like Destro? Just yeah. Like, <laughs> just like Nilly Willy. Yeah. And you're like, man, Destro's a major fucking character. And they just like blow yeah. him up. Like, yeah. Like a quip and then he's done. And so it, it, it was sort of like that, I thought. Yeah, and I didn't understand the whole Madeline knows and things like that. Like, knows what? What's there to tell? Like, why didn't she I, just... Yeah, I still don't... Yeah. And, like, he even called to her, like, her big secret. And I don't know that they ever resolved that. Did no, I don't think they did. Was? No, no. Maybe the daughter, but how would he know? And, well, I guess he would because he's still broadcasting or whatever. But but he also yeah. referred well, he to her as... Sound... He made it sound like the big secret was something dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, which was tense. I was like, "Oh shit, what's going on? What's what is this?" You know, and it just never got right. there. It's kind of like, "What happened?" I don't understand. And then when Safin had had both Madeline and her daughter, it was like one guy said, "Your family's here." It's like, does he want this family? Like, why did he save her? None of this makes sense. You know, right. um, did he have a thing for her? That's gross because he's a lot older and he's actually the character is a lot older than. Uh, Rami is in real life has to be because yeah he was like he looked the same back then right because uh, you know the beginning was 90s it had to take I think late 90s it took place she had one of okay. those um, uh, egg things creatures you take care of oh yeah yeah I know what you're talking about I forgot what they're called but yeah that was a giveaway of the timeline anyway but yeah yeah I don't even know that I caught that that's a good call I was just like, is this from the past? Like, yes, it is. It has to be. Yep, I see it. Some of that is very vague, and that's the problem with a lot of Craig's films. And I'm not saying all the Bonds before that were great with the writing, but yeah, some of the, you know, uh, the reason reasonings of yeah. what why the and villains do what they been, do. It could have been just like a complete throwaway where, uh, you know, maybe there was there was not ever any any secret that was to be revealed, and he was just using it as like a manipulative tool. But true. Um, but just then it was never them. even like, you know, one point it would have been nice if it would like, no, I was just fucking with you. And, that, <laughs> that never even and then he dies. Yeah. 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 The whole, the whole nanobot thing. That's a great point. Yeah. Because I, I missed that part too. The whole nanobot thing. So I thought it was like a mist, like it was actual, like in the air and I didn't understand it was like robotic, I guess. But yeah, it's very strange. You definitely could have, um, fixed fixed that i i thought more of it as a virus than you know it was nanobots so that that made it more scary now with it being nanobots it kind of makes it less threatening to me but of course the way they right. portrayed them like yeah you get these on you you have it forever and blah 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 and yeah you would think an emp would take them out that's a good point and yeah if anyone out there listening knows more about this tech than us uh yeah definitely uh remind us let us know like like i said (laughs) fill me in because i mean i'm not saying that the plot holder might be a plausible reason for it but yeah it was one of those things and maybe it would have been like you know you know the way it was set up it wouldn't have even been a MacGuffin because they totally set it up it wasn't like it came out of like left wouldn't have come out of left field or something like that um they totally set it up in my opinion to do that and maybe there's an alternate version out there maybe there was a a cut scene where he does disable the nanobots and gets off the island i don't know not sure. Yeah. I mean, personally, I thought it would be a better touch just not to show him die. You know, you just, it's up in the air yeah. and leave it, yeah. leave it at that. But I mean, I get it. They wanted to definitely make it like, Hey, he's dead. He's, he's dead. He's gone. I remember a lot of people thought Safin, you know, before the movie came out was, was the new Dr. No. Cause there's a lot of um, familiar uh, scene or scenery with Dr. No. Right. So that was really interesting. The whole Island he had and, his motives seemed strange. Like, I guess Mr. White, which is Madeline's dad, he killed his family and he tried to kill him with poison, I'm guessing, right? And then. I, bu- 
Yeah, something like that, yeah. That's why his face was messed up. Yeah, a lot of that right. was kind of vague. Like, what was his motivation? Like, he wanted to have a family with Madeline? Like, why the importance of... And then well, yeah, because leave- was, re- was it revealed, uh, Inspector, or anything? Like, what happened to her after he saves her from the ice? Like... Because I, I presume he didn't raise her because when, when she meets him in this one, right. she doesn't know who he is. Right, exactly. So he didn't raise her, so I guess I don't know all that's, what happened after he saved her. All that's mentioned, Inspector, is just a man came to her house once and I basically had to defend myself because dad, my dad was gone. That's all they really said. Right. So this movie, they actually make it fully re- realized. And yeah, I don't know about that gap. Like when he rescues her... There's nothing else there. And so, yeah, with Blofeld saying, like, and, like, she's a daughter of Spectre. Like, no, Mr. White was just many of your agents, and he just had a family. Like, that's not a daughter of Spectre, really. I mean, maybe, but it just felt like they are amping up her importance, and there really was not nothing there that was that important, you know? And it kind of was like that in Spectre in many ways. So, yeah, I... Some of that is just kind of lost, you know, in, in translation to me. But maybe there's a director's cut. I don't care about them fixing the the end about him, you know, not dying. But I, maybe there's some more villain stuff they could have thrown in there to make more sense. His motivations, yeah. I guess. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, of course, 007. Well, she actually gives Bond his status for this mission, which I dug. And uh, that, that did remind me of something. Did you feel like you're in like a game sort of at the end, like in a good way, like here's your mission. we got to go down here. Like it felt like it was like a golden eye game sort of, you get down there and you get to this room and da, 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 da. Like it was a real mission. We never really got with Craig cause he never went on a mission. Really. He just, he always went rogue. You know, we never had a bond that had, was on a mission. And he actually was um, loyal, you know, like respectful, let's say to M and everything like that. Yeah, I, we finally got that with Craig's Bond. Of course, it was at the uh, end. Yeah, but I totally agree. It, it did play out like a, a level in GoldenEye. Absolutely. Yeah, I dug it, though. I was like, more of this. Like, this is stuff to take for your next Bond. And, uh, yeah, um, with that said, you know, this whole thing is complete with him. Um, there's so many ways they could they could go, directions. And, of course, they do say at the end, the, you have to wait till the end, and James Bond will return. So... I don't know how, but or what they're gonna do. Oh, but yeah. what do you, what do you want to see next time, uh, next from this franchise? Man, so he's too old for it. But I would still love an Idris Elba James Bond. Yeah, but I think he's I Craig's think he's age. Too old. Yeah. Um, and I, I so I, and I really think they should go younger, especially if they want to kind of go back and do maybe yep. some more like kind of retell his origins again. Yeah. Um, you got to go younger. So I don't even know. I don't even know who. Um, I mean, you've got the kid from Kingsman, but he's already kind of playing that type of thing with right. with Kingsman. Um, there was somebody else that came to mind. I was reading an article in the magazine, and it was a young British kid, and I was like, oh, he could be good. But I cannot remember who it was now. I'd have to go back and, and take a look. They're talking about the guy from Eternals. I can't remember his name, but they're like, I just saw that today. They're like, and he looks like he could be Bond, but... Which uh, which guy? Which one from Eternals? Uh, I don't recall his name. Is it the guy that shoots the stuff out of his eyes? Yes. Okay. All that right. dude. Who are you talking about that dude. Is that was did he play Lance a lot in what was that movie with uh, like Clive Owen? Oh, and Clive Owen played King Arthur. I think it was actually called King Arthur. Uh, yeah, Arthur. yeah. That was actually that was the dude that later on played Fantastic or uh, Reed Richards. I think. Oh um, yeah. Okay. Ian Ian Gufford. Or something? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah, and th- this guy is somebody different. Yeah, he's a younger dude. He was in Game of Thrones, I think, with uh, Kit Harrington. Uh, so I okay. don't know his name, but I'm sure he's gonna be big after Eternals comes out. But of course, you know, they're like, oh, he could be the next Bond. But um, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think a younger guy for sure, an unknown almost, because like I said before, if you get a big star, you're gonna be waiting a long time between Bonds, and that star's gonna age or maybe do something stupid and get fired for some reason. Um, you know, all these things. Yeah, I totally think it makes sense to go with somebody that somebody that they can afford to lock into like a five film deal right away. Absolutely. Yep. So get super cheap and then also control the schedule a lot better. Yes. Yes. Like I would even do like 
maybe try to film three back to back. So you got at least a trilogy of films with the same dude and you just have to have the writing ready to go. That's the thing. Like focus on the writing and then make your films. Cause I would love, I love to see a bond every, it's not going to happen probably not every two years, but that's how it was with Connery and more and Dalton. I believe it was every two years. And so Brosnan actually Brosnan was every two years as well. So Craig, Craig's era started, a bigger gap between films and that's also because yeah. of his availability and that's a problem you know i'd love to see have a, have a big actor do it but i you know to commit to that and you know have new uh new negotiations every time and of course you have rights issues too with bond so that's another factor that you can't help but with your star yeah i would just get somebody film i would film three movies back to back at least and you know I think that would be a pretty smart, smart thing to do. Yeah. But the writing's got to yeah, be that great. Makes a lot of sense. They just got it. They got it. They bonds always been hard to like, he's been, they've had, they've done him, they've done him justice and then they kind of screw it up. So it's like, they have to find that happy balance. And I think they can, they have a lot of things they can borrow from all these bonds, all these different bonds, things that worked, you know, and just put them together. I think they could really craft something really cool. And I, I hope that's what they're going to be doing. I mean, uh, Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, they're they are aging. So they they need to pass a baton to somebody who's got a vision, basically. Um, I'm not saying I want like an MCU of Bond films or whatever. But, you know, just um, I just want to have fun again with Bond, you know, like fun. I don't want to I don't want to have, have him be mopey and threaten to quit all the time. I want him to go on missions. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I want him to go on missions. I want him to have cool gadgets. But I also want substance. I don't. I just don't want eye candy. I want substance. You know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be very interesting. What? And I don't know how long we're gonna have to wait for this to happen for a new Bond. I mean, I don't know what the strategy is. You know. But I think No Time to Die has made a lot of money so far. I don't know if it's going to make as much as they want because you know they had to shelve the movie, so they lost money that way. But yeah, um, I'm totally for just. Yeah, cast someone young, unknown, and then just get three movies out of them at least, and then you can renegotiate, and then you can maybe even recast and go go with the same linear storytelling, like set it all yep. up, you know, make him make him be more smart, and you know, make the Spectre grow and be everywhere, kind of. Um, and your Blofeld, you'll be able to top. Like I love Christoph Waltz, but. He didn't have enough to do, I think, to make it memorable. I don't know. What do you feel about his portrayal? Um, I thought he did pretty good. Uh, you know, growing up, watching those Bond movies, Lofeld was always such a creepy character. <laughs> yeah. And the actor, I don't even know the name of the actor that portrayed him in the, the movies, but, you know, kind of the, the Dr. Claw, Dr. Evil-esque nature of him, but mm -hmm. not you know, cartoony or, or, yeah. or jokey. Um, I always really liked and Christoph didn't really bring that. He, he kind of brought his own thing to it. Yeah. Um, Christoph is always one of those guys that when I see him in a movie, I just, I just, it's just him. I don't see him as like anything other than Christoph Walsh. Oh, sure. And so yeah. I see that. Yeah. That's kind of my, that's kind of my issue with him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like when Tarantino yeah. writes for him, it's really good, I think. And then, Outside of that, it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, I'm the actor. I'm just trying to do this. But my personality is kind of the same in a way. Right. I mean, exactly. I guess it is kind of the same in everything. But, um, yeah, there was more range with Tarantino, I think. And I don't think it's entirely his fault. I think that's just the writing, too. You know, what he, the material he's got to work with. But Yeah, I think that's just more about Tarantino's strengths as a writer than yeah. Christoph's weaknesses as an actor. Which I think Tarantino years ago wanted to do like a 60s Bond movie, which would be so cool, in my opinion. I think that would be – it would be dark as hell, though. It, <laughs> it would be a different movie. Yeah. He also <laughs> wants to do a Star Trek. So. Yeah, which I, I heard is not happening. So, And I which think you'd only I, I produce think it. The world is a – the world is a better place for that. Yeah, I don't. I think he could bring some really cool, stylish things to it, but no, I don't want my Star Trek characters cursing and, you know, other things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, overall, uh, yeah, I dug the film. You know, it's got its flaws, but I dug it. And um, the more I read of the synopsis, I was able to understand more things about it. I definitely want to see it again. It was so fun to see an IMAX. And I'm sure just, you know, regular theater experience is just as good, but. 
IMAX. It was just yeah. I'll definitely I'll definitely great. watch it again and. I, I'll watch it again, and like like I said, even after having this conversation, I've got a renewed interest in going back to, uh, you know, Spectre and, and watching yeah. that again and seeing if I appreciate that more. So. Yeah, there's there's cool chunks out of every Bond film, even the bad ones. You know, I think there's some there's some cool stuff. You know, that someone needs to do like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, you know, back to back clips of uh, of all the great Bond scenes. You know. Um, yes. Montage. That's what I'm looking for. Montage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, this, this was fun to talk about, geek out about. I've been wanting to do this since I seen it. And so I've been asking everybody like, do you see it? Do you see it yet? I want to, I want to do a review. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, definitely helping out with this. This is, this has been fun. Any, anytime, anytime. It's actually nice to uh, talk about a movie that I enjoyed instead of just getting on. Right. And being like, fuck snake eyes. Yeah. this one didn't let you down (laughs) right exactly yeah and that's the whole thing about this film like yeah it's it might not go the way you want it to go and not be the bond you want it to be but it's still enjoyable for what it is and it's pretty good pretty good so i think they pulled it off for what it was so definitely go see it everybody thanks for listening uh we'll be back i'm josh and i'm jonah take care bye everybody